Welcome to Copper Couriers The Conduit, your connection to what's happening in Arizona. I'm your host, Cameron Stevenson, and today we're looking at Governor Doug Ducey's decision to reopen barbershops, salons, and dine-in eating at restaurants. We also spoke with two ICU nurses to find out how relaxing social distancing efforts too soon would impact our healthcare system. Last week, Governor Ducey extended our stay-at-home order to May 15th, but he's been adding exceptions to that rule ever since. Uh, Here's the timeline the governor's laid out. So services that are currently resuming in Arizona. Effective May 1st, elective surgeries. Retail shopping on Monday, May 4th. Limited opening through appointments, curbside pickup and delivery. And on Friday, May 8th, will be a full reopening with strict physical distancing and CDC guidelines. On Friday, May 8th, barbers and salons may reopen Monday, May 11th. Dine-in services can reopen. Now, he says the state is relying on data about the spread of the coronavirus to make these decisions. But when researchers from Arizona State University and the University of Arizona warned against reopening before June, Ducey didn't listen. The researchers had originally been working hand-in-hand with the state. But after speaking out against reopening in mid-May, the state cut off access to crucial data points and ended all cooperation with the university researchers. This all happened within 24 hours of Trump's visit to Arizona, where he promoted reopening businesses and compared people who were willing to put their health at risk to salvage the economy with warriors. I'm viewing our great citizens of this country to a certain extent and to a large extent as warriors. They're warriors. We can't keep our country closed. We have to open our country. At the time he said this, Nearly 400 Arizonans and more than 70,000 Americans had died due to the coronavirus, and there have been thousands of deaths in the days since. To better understand how this is affecting our state and how this is impacting our healthcare industry, I spoke with two Phoenix nurses who have been caring for COVID-19 patients since the outbreak began. Uh, My name is Michael Lawrence. I'm a registered nurse. My name is Josh Hernandez, and I'm also a registered nurse. And you two have been working with COVID-19 patients? Okay, just to get a a better picture of what's been happening, what have you guys seen in the facilities that you've been working at? Uh, Well, we work on the uh, COVID-19 unit, specifically. We work in the ICU, so our patients who do have COVID are are very sick, and they can deteriorate, you know, fairly rapidly, rapidly, excuse me. And, you know, it is difficult because due to all the PPE that, that we use, you know, it can take a while going in and out of the rooms, um, to take care of our patients. So it does take some strategic, you know, thinking of like what I need to do in this room, you know, how much can I get done and then come out and not having to go back in, you know, it can be challenging at times depending on the condition of the patient. I mean, it sounds like it's kind of totally rocked both of your worlds, uh, more so even than, than everyone else's. So what were your th- first thoughts when you saw that there were going to be uh, a few different protests at the Capitol to reopen the state? So when uh, I noticed that these capitals were, or these, uh, when these protests were going to be happening, I actually didn't know uh, until kind of last minute, to be honest with you, like an hour before. And I was like, I was just kind of surprised that there was going to be, I didn't even know how many people to expect when we went there, but I was gonna, I was surprised that there were, there were people that were going to be doing that. Uh, and considering we're supposed to be trying to be locked down and 
So I called up Mike and I was like, hey, let's go do this protest and, and see if we can encourage the, the people and the public in general to continue to honor the stay-at-home uh, orders. It, and I don't know, it was, it was quite the experience, as you can see. Yeah. We know people are frustrated, and you know, but we're, we're kind of frustrated too uh, because of what we, our personal like, experience with our patients. And not only did we want to you know, educate them on you know, why they should stay home, but we wanted to, to share our story you know, of what we have experienced. So that way they understand like, kind of like, you know, that this can't happen to them. Yeah. Were the people you talked to at the protest, were they receptive to your stories? No, it really kind of just felt like they were voicing their frustration, any frustration that they had towards us, even though we were there for them to try to advocate for them and try to educate them. They, they were not responsive in any way. And they definitely just aimed every frustration they had towards us. We actually actually had a guy who was going to pass out. We helped. So before we even actually talked to people, we they were like, we need a doctor, we need a doctor, and we ran over there and helped, um, you know, without thinking, you know, twice. We ended up uh, walking this guy into the air-conditioned capital building. Uh, we had to, like, lift this guy up because he was not able to make it there himself. And, uh, they were, like, cheering us on, that point but then they quickly turned into booze and so we stayed with the guy until the fire department came but then when we came back out that's when we were approached and uh, we ended up having the encounter with the people have either of you been to any any protests before i've been to some protests but nothing in specific to like trump protests or nothing like that like to me this was not a political issue. It was more so, just like we said, uh, to try to promote public health. Yeah, we didn't necessarily know who who was behind it. Like Josh said, it was kind of a last minute thing. We just know that people were going to go down there to try to open up the capital or to open up the state. And we we just you know we're like, well, we don't agree with that because it's just going to make more COVID patients, and we don't want people to you know end up in the hospital because of this. When you went to the Capitol, you, know, you didn't go to, and see it as a, as a political issue. Did it feel like a political issue when you got there? Oh, yeah. It definitely felt like it was a, a political like rally, um, especially like a Trump rally. But we didn't have any like you know, anti-Trump signs or anything. We just had, hey, we, we understand your frustration. You know, we, we help us out. We want you to you know, stay home. But, you know, it's definitely Trump-oriented. Like, yeah. And I mean, as nurses, we're, we're supposed to put our political beliefs and, and any beliefs that we really have aside so that way we can care for our, our patient without a bias. And honestly, that's why we were there. It had nothing to do with the political aspect of it. We were honestly just there to promote health. We don't think twice if someone needs help. We don't go, oh, well, what does this guy stand for? We go directly help him, you know, we don't. We don't think of anything other than we want to go out and help people. Yeah. If there's just one thing that you would like the general public to know about general health safety or the situation of, of how things are in medical facilities, you know, where you work, is there anything you'd like to say about that? I feel honestly like our hospital has done a pretty decent job at this. Uh, I could say I'm proud that they're, uh, how they've handled this. There's certain things that I feel like I could, would be helpful like if we were able to have an N95 mask more uh, readily available as far as being able to exchange it because it is a one-time use uh, mask. But I also understand that 
we are having to limit the time that we uh, change these out because we don't have a whole bunch of them. And so we're trying to conserve them. But uh, overall, I would say that I think they're handling it pretty well, um, at least for my facility. And I haven't been denied PPE because we haven't had it uh, since this all started. So that I think they're doing a good job there. That's great. I would like to say to people, you know, we understand your frustration, um, but, you know, I would like for you to, you know, look on our side of uh, healthcare workers. You know, we see, you know, what COVID-19 can do um, to people um, and that, you know, we're always, healthcare workers are always looking at the best interests of public health, no matter where people stand on issues. So I just wanted to, you know, we're always on like neutral ground when it comes to that. Yeah. Okay. And if any of the people that happen to be there that day, um, if they do get sick, I'll gladly take care of them. I'd like to thank Michael and Josh for taking the time to talk. Again, my name is Cameron Stevenson. This is the Conduit uh, Copper Courier podcast. And to take us out, we have the song Quarantine Corazon by Sedona artist Brandon Decker. It's all so easy, don't make it hard. Just take a back seat to your heart. And if what you're needing is a miracle, well, it's in every breath that you should know. Now, don't get me wrong, some nights get long, some days go black. Sometimes it hurts, it's like giving birth for what it's worth. Some days we lie, some sins we hide, it's all a chess match with your pride. And I made a mess, I made mistakes, I learned forgiveness the hard way. But hold fast, my friends, our hearts are gold. I knew it from the start. And when it hurts, you come back to earth for what it's worth.
together We're all so broken and we're all in this together I'm feeling lighter now, light just like a feather